So it's happening over in Ukraine. Russia is invading. The administration had to have a 24-hour debate about whether this is an invasion or not. Uh, it looks like an invasion. Yeah, it sounds like it's an invasion. It's an invasion. Our reaction so far, rather mild sanctions. A lot of that was all talk. But uh, look, I hope it all works out over there. Take a look at what's going on so far. I don't believe this would be happening under President Trump. I, I don't. Recent history suggests it would not. And also, just the personal diplomacy between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin, I'm not surprised it's happening under Joe Biden. But under Trump, no way. Take a look. I mean, I'm sorry. This is significant stuff. This is domination. And you know, some people say, oh, this is superficial. It's not. It actually means something. Have you noticed? Ever since Biden got there, the whole world is reacting to Putin. What about the other way around? Joe likes to go around saying this. I don't believe him, but it's a good talking point, or at least he thinks so. I said, America's back. And the response was, for how long? So they say, we see America's back, but for how long? And I just got back from Europe meeting with heads of state. One said to me, I said, America's back. And he said, for how long? When I went over, I said, with those seven leaders, I said, we're back. And the response was, for how long? That is just a talking point. He made it up. Um, but as far as for how long America is back, I think we truly left the world stage or left it more vulnerable when he lost Afghanistan. We all saw it, all right? When that happened, we lost status, we lost prestige, we lost strength. Joe lost a lot of political support at home. We are weaker because of Afghanistan. And a lot of very smart people believe what's happening in Ukraine now is because of Joe's weak leadership, both abroad and at home. And there is a track record for this, by the way. You'll notice that Putin invaded under Obama, Ukraine, in 2014. Let's go back a little bit further. In 2008, Putin moved into the Republic of Georgia under George W. Bush, who was at about 32 percent in the polls. And here we are in 2022. Once again, Putin is making a move. You notice we didn't show you Trump in any of that because Putin stayed within his borders. And I have to give it to Donald Trump himself. Nobody can sell it like he can. He's right when he said this. I was proud to be the first president in decades who did not get the United States into any new wars. I took us out of endless and ridiculous wars. Remember when I was running, they were all screaming, he'll start a war. He's that kind of a guy. No, I'm the one that got him not to fight because they didn't want to mess with us. Totally rebuilt the military. Nobody wanted to mess. It's true. It sounds simple, but it's true. You know, Donald Trump and other recent leaders were not afraid at least to appear in public with, uh, with Vladimir Putin, being in an environment where they may take questions where Putin could possibly play a game and try to turn it on the president. 
Joe Biden wouldn't even allow that to happen. When he had an availability after the big summit in Switzerland, it was by him and him alone. He was afraid to appear on stage with Vladimir Putin. All right, now I'm very curious and I don't think we can find out the answer anytime soon as to Joe's handling of the crisis right now because he is compromised because of Hunter, because of himself. Shall we take a quick look at the numbers? He's received money, the Bidens have, from both uh, Ukraine, three and a half million dollars, and Russia, three and a half million dollars. Remember the mayor of uh, Moscow's, the wife? This is all in the Senate report, funneled huge amounts of money to the Bidens. How is that impacting on how Joe handles this? I don't know, but it is impacting him. I want to play you this. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor, Shoto. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. You hear the relief in Joe's voice that they're going to fire the prosecutor who's looking into Burisma? The relief? Wow. And the president recorded that phone call. Goes on, I granted you your second favor. What's up with that? Here's Joe with that Ukraine president back then, uh, former Ukrainian president. Everything's fine, right? Now, everything's not fine. Joe is compromised. I don't know exactly what that means in terms of his actions, but he's compromised and he's working for himself, not for us. That's what I'm afraid of. By the way, you just heard how it actually went down. He's on the phone with the Ukraine president. Look at how Joe tells the story. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. <laughs> Sorry, tough guy. That's not how it happened. We all heard it. You were begging for a favor, probably for Hunter. Bad stuff. Meanwhile, Putin seems to be in charge of the world right now. Did you see the speech last night to the to the Russian people? Uh, kind of angry guy. He really is committed to do this. So um, who's going to stop him? Kamala Harris to the rescue. Did you see this? She went to Europe over the weekend, went to Munich. And in my opinion, she made matters worse, uh, definitely for herself. Uh, let's face it. She's not good at being vice president. She's just not a serious person. And that was on painful display. This turned out to be a seminar. I don't think she wasn't ready for it, like an academic seminar. And the guy was asking her essay type questions. Take a look. Without the United States considering herself a European power, we're actually quite powerless. Uh, there was a lot of this. What the hell am I going to say? And then, you know, you make an answer. You're you're talking while you're thinking, while you're trying to come up with something. There was a lot of that. I would I, I think that the heart of your question really does uh, demand the importance of of, of the, the, the perseverance and enduring nature of institutions and alliances. 
Right, right, right. One more. There are skeptics who would probably not have a hard time finding evidence to the contrary over the past period. What do we need, what do democracies need in order to do better and to convince our, our, our people, peoples, that we can do it? Ambassador, I think this is one of the most challenging issues of our time. Which <laughs> All right, so there's a great big filibuster, uh, just kind of wasting time, and then somehow she weaves it back to build back better and in infrastructure. So, for example, in the United States, again, with thanks and, and with great attribution to the, the congressional delegates that are here, uh, we passed a bipartisan infrastructure law that was one of the first in generations that will deliver on the needs of the people. So I would say that the strength of democracies and the way that democracies will prevail, one, one measure of that will be, does it actually deliver for the people? All right. So uh, at one point, she knew what was going down. At least she wasn't giggling, but it was the opposite. I mean, she was in trouble. OK, she's like, this is not someone's going to get fired or someone's going to get yelled at so bad they're going to quit. We've seen a lot of that from her office. All right. So welcome back to America, Madam Vice President. In the meantime, the Russians mean business. And you know what? It looks like they've got the military to well, achieve what the president wants. They do. The Russians have gotten good, and so have the Chinese. They're not messing around anymore. Who is messing around? Who's taken their eye off the ball? We have. The Pentagon, at one point, it was the most potent military in the world headquartered there. Right now, what the heck are we focused on? Everything that's not important. All of this nonsense, and generals, Generals live in fear of getting yelled at. They do anything to avoid getting yelled at by some silly senator. And the soldiers and the Marines have to spend all their time making sure that this doesn't happen. When you say to us, uh, it's got to be different, that rings hollow. I don't know what you mean when you say that. Why does it have to be different? Because you all of a sudden feel that it has to be different? Do you think the harassment ends online? It doesn't. I can tell you, your answers today are unsatisfactory. They do not go far enough. And I would like you to know what you intend to do to the commanders who are responsible for good order and discipline. I could be wrong, but I don't think this happens to the commanders of the Chinese military and the Russian military to be publicly berated like this. Now, some of them deserve it, yes, but we've got a big problem at the Pentagon. I hope Trump comes back so we can fix it. We'll see. One guy who's committed to stopping Trump is Brad Raffensperger. Remember him? The Secretary of State of Georgia. He's a man of integrity. He's a hero, according to well, himself in his new book, a special book review when we come back.
Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And when the fake news likes something, we should all be very wary, very cautious. And the fake news, well, actually, they've forgotten, but they used to like, and when they think of them, they like Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State of Georgia. Remember him? The fake news, they thought he was the hero for Standing up to Trump. Oh, he stood up to Trump. Yes, oh, this is our guy. Well, he has a book now. Take a look at it. He's he's Mr. Integrity. Just ask him. Integrity Counts by Brad Raffensperger. All that good press uh, from the fake news went to his head. And they did really go over the top. Kudos yeah. to Brad Raffensperger, honestly. Like, well done, dude. To Brad Raffensperger's credit, he stood firm against what the president was requesting. I'm proud of, of Secretary of State Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger stood up, did the right thing. He'll end up being the American hero out of all of this, and that's amazing. Okay, that's amazing. It's really not amazing. Here's one of the reasons why he's Secretary of State, because he was pushing for a leadership position in the Georgia House, and they didn't want to give it to him because... Well, he wasn't experienced. He only went into politics at 56. He didn't have experience. He was uh, not an attorney, and they were looking for an attorney. And quite frankly, his political instincts stink, and he's just not that good at politics. Take a look. Why do these boards want to leave the Secretary of State's office? Well, thank you for the question. I can't really speak about the past. I look about the future, and I've heard from the nurses. I've met with many different boards. I'm the only business person in this race, and I'm actually a structural engineer licensed by the state of Georgia and also a licensed general contractor. And those two boards have been very pleased with my service. But if there are any boards that need attention, need fixing, uh, need uh, some uh, modifications, either legislatively or administratively, that's one of be one of uh, be, that'll be my first focus uh, this coming session um, as we work through uh, any changes that we need to do. I've heard from the nurses, uh, and I know that we do to, do need to make some changes. He couldn't handle the nurses. How could he handle Stacey Abrams? And he didn't handle Stacey Abrams. In this compromise settlement agreement, she ran circles around him. He did not know what he was up against. Very little comprehension of the over. And the book, by the way, take a look one more time. Integrity counts. I'm sorry. Integrity is something we observe. It's not something you say you have and go around saying, I'm Mr. Integrity. And take a closer look at this book. Who endorses it? On the, you know, they say you can't judge a book by its cover. I think you actually can. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the uh, celebrity endorser of this book. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the same one who, I'm sorry, had an affair with the maid over a course of years while his wife was in the house and she has a baby. It's a bloody mess. And you're going to put that guy on the cover of your Mr. Integrity book? And uh, speaking of Mr. Integrity, uh, lest anybody forget, remember when he was waving around the sword? It was the most bizarre video I'd ever seen. And uh, as far as preserving democracy, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. 
President-elect Biden, we stand with you today, tomorrow, and forever in defense of our democracy from those who would threaten it. Just so weird. And forever, President-elect Biden, but forever? He's talking about, I don't know, something else, not America. Back to the book. Uh, so I read this thing, and he's in the state house, and he's frustrated. He's just a, a legislator. He wants to be more. I think he wants to be governor. He writes this. Shortly after he gets there, I looked around the House chamber and considered who might step up to replace Matt Ramsey as whip. And I thought, why not me? Well, he has a conversation with Speaker Ralston, who's been in politics for decades, and he tells him a couple of things that we reviewed earlier. Uh, you're too old, you don't know anything, and I'm looking for a lawyer, and you're not a lawyer. So I think there is a personal grudge going on here between this guy, Raffensperger, and the speaker, because when Raffensperger sent out six million applications for absentee ballots, that was a big mistake. Everybody was saying, don't do it. He did it anyway, way before the election, April of 2020. This is what the experts were saying. This will be extremely uh, devastating to uh, to Republicans and conservatives uh, in Georgia. All right. That's a political pro saying that six million seven months before the election, six million applications for absentee ballots flowing around is a recipe for disaster. Now, if Brad, for his personal grudge, wants to write off this guy, he can. Then he should listen to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, his idol, by the way, I think he wants to be just like him, wants to be governor of Georgia someday. He's self-righteous, just like Jimmy Carter. He wrote about Jimmy Carter in his book. Jimmy Carter said this, Jimmy Carter said that, the Carter Center, oh, the well-respected, everything Jimmy Carter is great. Unfortunately, he didn't include this. When he sat on the Electoral Commission, Jimmy Carter and James Baker, bipartisan, they concluded that absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Too bad he didn't include that. And Brad did include this. Who remembers Chris Krebs? This guy had a cybersecurity job uh, in the Trump administration before he turned his back, I believe, on America. Listen. I have confidence in the security of this election because I know the work that we've done for four years in support of our state and local partners. I know the work that the intelligence community has done, that the Department of Defense has done, that the FBI has done, that my team has done. I know that these systems are more secure. I know, based on what we have seen, that any attacks on the election were not successful. So the left and Brad Raffensperger they take that and they run with it. The election's totally fine. It's throughout his book, his silly book. Oh, Chris Krebs said this, Chris Krebs, Chris Krebs. Yeah, we got uh, the, the election's fine. We weren't concerned about the Russians and outside interference. This is my frustration, not only with Raffensperger, but Krebs and the media in general. No one was talking about that. We were talking about the constitutionality and how they changed the rules and signature matching. This was not... <laughs> The Russians didn't do this one, all right? No one was really saying it, but they used that as cover. Now, one more thing, and you tell me if I'm being harsh when it comes to Brad. He writes this in his book. Uh, Brad, uh, beginning long before election and every day since, President Trump had attacked the foundation of our democracy and undermined Americans' faith in our electoral institutions. Now, beginning long before the election, you see that? All right. Long before, 
Brad voted for him twice. He, at least he says that publicly. I talk to a lot of Republicans every day. I talk to people that were Goldwater Republicans, Ronald Reagan Republicans, Bush Republicans, and Trump Republicans, like myself. I voted for president twi twice. See how he stumbled on that? Didn't really quite get that out. Is it because he's lying? I quite frankly think it is. Why would he vote for somebody if he thought they were undermining our democracy long before the election? Yet he voted for him? Also, uh, yeah, this does not add up, does it? Couple more things and then I'm done with this guy unless I have to address it again. He wrote that the FBI is, uh, well, not to be questioned. Both of these organizations are run with integrity and their character is not to be impugned. The FBI is our nation's top law enforcement agency. That's in the book. You can't, you can't question them? Their character is not to be, well, Brad is now questioning their character. In the Wall Street Journal, he points out the FBI, this is by Brad Raffensperger, this opinion piece. The FBI used the claims in the dossier to secure a warrant to wiretap a former member of the Trump campaign. All right, so now you can question the FBI, but back when he was writing a book, it, it's not adding up. And he let the fake news use him because I think he wants it. I think he likes the attention. He brags that he's on 60 Minutes. And something interesting happened in that interview. It was surreal. We've never seen anything like that in 150 years, maybe even longer, probably 200 years. It was really an affront to the people that founded this nation. People need to go back and read their history books. Yeah, starting with you, Brad, you're falling for it. The fake news hype about January 6th. No, read your history books. A bomb was planted in the Capitol in 1915 and exploded. In 1954, a terrorist opened fire in the House of Representatives and shot five members of Congress. In 1983, another bomb exploded right outside the Senate. In 1998, a madman opened fire on Capitol grounds and killed two Capitol Hill police officers, Detective Gibson and Officer Chestnut. And no one ever talks about this, but an Islamic radical terrorist killed Officer Billy Evans at the Capitol in April of 2021. All of that is ignored by so many. Brad Raffensperger should look at the history books. All right, but Brad really got famous for that phone call with Trump. And I have to say something about this. That phone call with Trump, Trump was excellent, but he should have asked better questions. His team should have asked better questions. They should have been more specific about this crazy compromise settlement agreement and release. They weren't specific enough, and that gave Brad wiggle room. But why wouldn't you want to find the right answer, Brad, instead of keep saying that the numbers are right? Because those numbers are so wrong. I don't even know why you have a side, because you should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. There's so much they should have asked about this specifics. And I could have challenged Brad. Next time around, President Trump has got to have some better people. There are some great people around Donald Trump, but uh, he needs to do better next time. This guy got away with something he shouldn't have gotten away with. We'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, 
believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Who's the opposite? Do you want your house back? Take it! We can't forget about Ashley Babbitt and all of the other weird stuff that happened on January 6th. The left, they use this to shame Trump supporters. Uh, no, don't let that happen. Uh, so many people are victims here. Good people. Trump supporters are victims of disinformation, misinformation, government overreach. Yes, people did bad things. They're being punished. But you know what? Who's being punished for the death of Ashley Babbitt? We'll get to that in a moment. I still want to know the little cop. Who is that little cop? Why was he or she waving those people into the area? Come right this way. The steps, the Capitol, it's all that way. How about the officers who stood on either side of the narrow corridor as people came in? You see the cops here. Why didn't they tell people to stop and go back? What was going on here? And of course, Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, military veteran, shot and killed even though she was unarmed and did not pose a threat to anyone. You know, the criteria to use deadly force for a cop, it's still high. And this is still America. So a couple of things. Here's footage of her from January 6th, not being violent, okay? When sometimes they call them uh, tourists, doesn't that look very much like a tourist scene? And there she is, highlighted. That's Ashley Babbitt. We also have this. We know that Ashley Babbitt, to the extent that she was, um, well, if she used force, she used it against that guy right after he broke a window. It looks like she was trying to get him and others to stop the violence. She wasn't violent that day. Here's footage of her. She seems to be pleading with the cops. Can't exactly tell what she's saying or what she wants, but she's asking for something. These cops are not being touched or hurt in any way. She wants something. We don't know what that is. And then there's this. Why did those three cops walk away? At the moment of truth, okay, about less than a minute before Ashley Babbitt is shot. Come on, guys, let's go take a break. And there they go. And then all hell breaks loose. And you'll see in a moment, take this full, please. You'll see Lieutenant Byrd's gun. And then he fires at Ashley as she tries to go through that window. I'm not sure why she was going through that window. Maybe she wanted to get to safety. That's possible. Turn up the volume, please. And a few seconds later, Ashley Babbitt is shot and killed. And Lieutenant Byrd, Lieutenant Byrd, who we finally found out fired the shot, is, doesn't miss a paycheck, is not disciplined in any way. In fact, they gave him a gold medal, a gold medal, along with the other cops. Something is so wrong. Something is so wrong. Ashley Babbitt, by the way, you know, she deployed overseas twice. This picture is something else. I didn't realize this at first. There she is with the Merry Christmas sign. The guy next to her, that's General Abizade. He was the CENTCOM commander, General Abizade. Anyway, I find, that, I find that interesting, don't you? Should not have happened to Ashley Babbitt. And if anybody wants to help, because, you know, her family is, um, well, they're waging 
they're getting ready to sue the government. That's very hard to do, and it can be very expensive. You can find Aaron Babbitt and the Give, Send, Go page online quite easily. Aaron Babbitt, Give, Send, Go. Uh, I believe it's called For Ashley. We'll be right back. We're going to actually check in with one of our Newsmax reporters in Ukraine. Also, what was Putin thinking during that bizarre speech? We'll have a body language expert break it down. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer and Company's your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know. Wow, this is footage of combat in Ukraine. Russian forces have gone into a portion of Ukraine. Looks like an invasion. And uh, we have a reporter over there, Sarah Williamson, one of our newest Newsmax correspondents. She joins us from Kiev right now, the capital. Sarah, welcome. Uh, great to see you. How, how, what's it like over there? How you doing? Great. Uh, I'm well, thank you, Greg. We're safe and sound here in Kiev at the moment, where it is very, very different environment to w what it is like over on the east of the country, where you just played that video uh, that I could hear uh, right now. Over in the east, that is a very different set of circumstances, especially since uh, President Putin just announced uh, a number of hours ago that he's now going to extend this independent, uh, independent state, rather, into the Ukrainian government-controlled uh, Luhansk and Donetsk territories. So that is really a scary thought uh, for, the people, for the citizens of Ukraine, because this invasion, rather, of, Ukraine, of, of Ukrainian territory is going, could be getting a whole lot worse. They could be coming into Ukrainian proper territory uh, any, any minute now, really. So you're there. What are people what's the mood like? What are people saying to you? Are they you know, I've heard that they're kind of blase about all this. Hard to believe. So what's your sense? Uh, how are they taking this? Well, that, it's interesting. That's what I mean. In Kiev, you feel like you are miles away. You feel like you're worlds away, rather, from from a country that, that is at war. You could be in any other European city at any time throughout the day. You can, I went around this morning uh, after hearing that news from Putin last night to get a sense of the city, if it was any different from any other day. And it was exactly the same. The same street stalls were set up, the same amount of people people were out and the same people were greeting me in cafes like it was no different it was it was no different from the days beforehand but uh what was different the only thing that has been different so far is since president biden made that speech tonight the people in Kyiv seem to be more interested in what the U.S. has to say about this situation than what President 
Putin has to say. So when President Putin made that initial speech, we didn't really get uh, any form of reaction from the people here in in Kiev. But when President P when President Biden made that speech tonight, I looked around in the restaurant that I was in collecting our dinner tonight, and every single person in the restaurant was glued to their phones. And there's just been so much chatter about what he is going to do and how he is going to help the Ukrainians and how the West are going to sanction uh, Russia. So. So they seem to be relying more on the reaction from the West than what Putin is going to be doing. The Ukrainians don't necessarily believe that this is all going on. So uh, you mentioned the, uh, the Biden speech, whatever it was. Um, we have a portion of it. Let's go ahead and, uh, and, and listen to that. This is what uh, now we know, thanks to Sarah, the Ukrainians were glued sure. to. Take a look. Who in the Lord's name does Putin think gives him the right to declare new so-called countries on territory that belong to his neighbors? This is a flagrant violation of international law and demands a firm response from the international community. So the, the sanctions, as we have seen now uh, on some banks, the VEB bank, the military branch, some sanctions on oligarchs. I'm not an expert in these things, Sarah, by any means. I've heard from them. They say these are kind of mild. These aren't full on. What were the Ukrainians saying in that cafe after he was done with uh, today's event? Well, it's funny because they were all speaking in Ukrainian, so I couldn't actually understand what they were saying. But the only word that I could make out was the word sanction. So it's funny that you brought that up because all I could hear amongst the conversation was sanction, sanction, sanction from the people that were around me. So that word I could certainly understand. Now, I'm no expert in these sort of sanctions on, on oligarchs and banks as well. But these are things that many people expected these sanctions, people expected these sanctions to already have been implemented when the initial invasion happened, when the Russian troops went in 24 hours ago, because they had already invaded Ukrainian territory, although it, it is, although this territory uh, was occupied by separatists, it's still technically Ukrainian land. Now, another thing that Biden had said earlier on, weeks ago, was that uh, sanctions were going to be imposed on Russia if if, you, if Russia was to make any moves on Ukraine. Now, this shelling has been going on. These ceasefire violations have escalated like ridiculously in the past few weeks. We have seen thousands and thousands yeah. of missiles and shelling oh. and uh, machine gun fire going over the border. And there was no reaction from the West over that. But as far as I'm concerned, that seems to be uh, that seems to be an attack on Ukraine. Not just because there was troops on the ground doesn't mean it's not an attack on Ukraine. So that's when that's when people were asking if this where the sanctions were coming in or not. Well, Sarah Williamson, uh, so impressed that you're there. Our Newsmax team, uh, stay safe. And uh, by the way, Sarah, originally from Australia, spent a good chunk of her professional life in Israel and now is in Kiev. Uh, I, I take it you're looking back to coming home to New York or wherever that is. Well, I'm not ready to leave here yet because there's still a lot of work to be done. There's this, uh, this story isn't going anywhere, anywhere uh, soon, and uh, I'm not done here covering it yet. Yes, of course. But after well, that, I'm happy to come home to New York. All right. Well, we'll uh, New York we'll is home for now. Good, 
Good to hear. Uh, be careful, of course. I, I know you will. Forgive me for saying and uh, all the best, Sarah. Thank you, Greg. And we'll be right back. All right. So I don't know if you saw this. Vladimir Putin spoke for uh, about an hour or so without notes, looking at the camera. He was really angry. And at least it seemed that way to me. And he was justifying to Russia, I guess, why they deserve Ukraine, why Ukraine was so wrong to leave Russia. Um, kind of fascinating. I uh, don't know all the ins and outs. We'd like to bring in, however, Scott Rouse, body language expert, author of Understanding Body Language, How to Decode Nonverbal Communication in Life, Love, and Work. Uh, Scott, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you holding up? Terrific. Uh, let's take a l look at uh, Putin in action. We're going to turn up the volume. Right. Not that we speak Russian, but uh, uh, let's see what happens here. Национализация и плановая система народного хозяйства все это на деле превратила в простую декларацию, формальность. All right. So uh, he's leaning back in his chair. <laughs> I, quite frankly, he doesn't look like he's uh, he's not reading anything. What do you make? What, what did you see right there? Well, he's he's contained. He's holding it. There are going to be people just like me that are watching him and are going to be telling people on our side what he's actually thinking when he hits these specific words or phrases. And when we hit specific words or phrases, we use what are called illustrators. And you say this, this, and this. So that when you illustrate something, you want to hit that word like that. So when he's doing that, and we don't see a lot of it, that's really important to him at that point. So whatever it is he's talking about right there is fairly important. He wants to make sure he gets that point well, across. Well, and then also, uh, let's see, one more, uh, where he loses, you think, a little bit of confidence. Let's take a look. Такой миной, повторю, было право выхода из СССР. В середине 1980-х годов, на фоне нарастающих социально-экономических проблем, очевидного кризиса плановой экономики, национальный вопрос, сутью которого были не какие-то ожидания и не сбывшиеся народов Союза. Yeah, initially he seemed a little bit more relaxed. What's happening there? Right. Well, when you that's actually fairly normal for his behavior, which is part of what we call his baseline, the way he, he reacts or acts uh, quite often. And so at that point, he's just finishing a phrase or finishing the idea that he's been giving, whatever that idea is at the point, at that point. And as he finishes, then he sort of rela relaxes and just goes on to the next point because this was fairly long. And he's and he's trying not to look very uh, interested in what's happening here, I think. I think that's all put on. That's uh, well, I will give him this. He's kind of he's very relaxed. I mean, he's really I, relaxed. Um, so overall, uh, is this a is this a madman who wants to take over the world? Uh, what's your size him up if you could. And I know that's 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 you're going to take a leap here. But what what kind of guy are we dealing yeah. with here? I think we're looking at somebody who's paying attention to every move he makes from his hands on the desk or we see his fingers come up. He's not saying, well, lift these fingers now, but he's 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 very contained. He's holding himself in. He's not going to let us see what he's really thinking. And that's the way you do it. He's very tight. This kind of thing scares me a little bit. It puts me on. It puts me on edge just from what I do for a living. I look at that and go, wow, that's not good because he's hiding everything at that point. It's really tough to read what he's really thinking. Wow. Hey, one small little thing. It's not body language, but I noticed he's got about four or five phones uh, near him, different phones. And that is a yeah. throwback to communist Russia, 
where they, uh, the more phones you had on your desk, the more important you were. Uh, they didn't have multi-line phones. So you can look at oh, communist leaders. You were more important if you had like seven or eight phones. And it's funny that he's got four phones there. I want to move on to uh, Kamala Harris. She went to Munich. I don't think she should have gone. I don't think this worked out well for her. But uh, let's take a look at her. And this turns out to be something of an academic seminar. And I don't think that's what she had in mind. I thought she you know, was going to give a speech and then leave. But take mm -hmm. a look. All right. We together established a set of rules, norms that have governed ever since. And Europe has enjoyed unprecedented peace, security, and prosperity through a commitment to a set of defining principles. All right, so uh, here's, before you react, this okay. is scripted, and she's pretty good at that. She's not bad at it, and I think she's totally kind of like in her element because she's not being challenged. Uh, sir, am I off? Well, you're correct. She's not being challenged, but at the same time, she's been told she's really excited about what's happening here. She's trying to contain her excitement, and she's probably a little bit nervous. That's why I've never seen anybody flap their arms like that before. That's something fairly new for me. I've seen one go and when something's happening, but it's very rarely do you see two going at the same time. That's That might be the first time I've ever seen that. But she's hitting those on almost every word she's saying. So even though her hands are done like this, she's been told to do that or, or quote-unquote uh, trained to do that. They didn't get in there and do the minutia of it with her and talk to her about how not why she shouldn't do that and not to do that or test it and see how she's going to uh, be during that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not that it was bad training. It's just nobody paid attention, close attention to her. That's interesting. Very interesting. I, I yeah. All right. So, um, well, look, this is now where she's challenged. She's sitting down with uh, the head of the Institute and he asks her questions that I don't think she's really ready for. Let's see. All right. I would, I, I think that the heart of your question really does uh, demand the importance of of, the, of the, the, the perseverance and enduring nature of institutions and alliances. Sir, what do you what do you take? What do you make of that? Well, of course, she's tr she's trying to get some thinking time. That's why she keeps waiting and talking and stretching that time so her brain can burn through there and, and find the answer. When you see someone who's giving illustrators like this, like I just did, these illustrators, and they're not hitting on the words, that means something's up. You're not sure about your answer, you're insecure about it, or maybe you don't know uh, all the answer, but you're pretending like you do. So in, in that situation, she's those aren't landing right on her words as she's saying. They're soft. She's not committed to what she's saying. In other words, it's fascinating. You totally nail it every single time. Uh, we oh, all have to get you. this book, Understanding Body Language, How to Decode Nonverbal Communication in Life, Love and Work. I think we have that book cover. Uh, there it is. And uh, Scott uh, Rouse, we appreciate it so much to be continued for sure. Come back soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll all see right. you in a bit. You bet. Be right back. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, where real news for real people. 
Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watches, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. A lot of fun, interesting show. We'll see you tomorrow. Stinchfield's next. <laughs>